It's March 11th, 2020. Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we have Dev- Derek Gabriel from Ignite Solutions Group, and he joins us to tell us about the Net Squared Hawaii relaunch. And of course, then we're going to be joined by Eddie Ontai from Data House and Brennan Morioka from the UH College of Engineering to talk about the True Initiative. First up, I want to let you know the Maui Techies are having a meetup over at the Maui Brewing Company in Kihei. It's an evening filled with conversation about all things techie, whether you're just a beginner or an expert in your field, or if technology is your hobby, uh, you'll find somebody to share your interests with. Friends and newcomers are always welcomed. And, of course, this is important. They will be at the bar section right when you get in there, not in the restaurant. So this is happening on March 17. That's Tuesday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. again over at Maui Brewing Company. So if you're, wanna, if you're a techie, you want to check that out. I will post the, uh, the meetup link on the website later on tonight. Now, I want to welcome Derek Gabriel Good friend of mine from uh, a long time in the tech sector. He's uh, with Ignite Solutions Group, and he joins us to tell us tell us about this Net Squared Hawaii relaunch. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me again. So now, we, um, the 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 Net Squared has been around for a while, and I remember it probably was around like maybe I don't know at least eight years ago, and it was kind of primarily geared for. Uh, maybe nonprofits and and getting getting sort of the the nonprofits exposed to more tech and and maybe the um, expertise, uh, but then it went into kind of a hiatus mode, right? Yes. And and now you and and maybe one of your partners are trying to relaunch it. Yeah. So it, it did start. Yes, it's been like eight years. I was trying to think exactly when it started, and I couldn't quite remember. And um, ultimately, like any great volunteer organization, it lasts as long as as those that are involved want to want to make it happen. And we lost a couple of key people. You know, moved out of state with, mm-hmm. with career opportunities. So, but yeah, um, a, a gentleman that's originally from Hawaii that lived in New York um, is a film producer. Uh, moved back to Hawaii about a year ago, and then just recently uh, joined the leadership group and um, expressed interest in doing some events and, and kind of getting it going. And ultimately, um, he's a non-technical person, but has a really good friend who's launching a nonprofit. And he was seeking answers to some questions to help her. And so uh, we met and, um, you know, talked. And he's just really gung-ho about organizing events and connecting people. And it just seemed like a really good opportunity to, to give another shot. Well, so with, you know, with your company, Ignite Solutions, I know you've been pretty heavily involved with uh, with Microsoft. But in terms of the sector that you've been involved in. I mean, have you uh, found yourself either immersed in the nonprofit area or have you pivoted toward the nonprofit sector? So, you know, nonprofit over the years um, wasn't something that we specifically decided to go seek. Um, what happened is that because of the cloud technologies and um, you know, the opportunity that Microsoft presented to us by providing extra discount for nonprofit organizations, it really made the solutions cost effective. So when we matched Microsoft's products with our expertise and our IP intellectual property, we found that we could be really effective for nonprofits. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, it, organically, the business uh, uh, swerved in 
into that that space, and, and now we sort of uh, say that we're a specialist in the nonprofit space, mm-hmm. and the majority of our customers are nonprofits. So with uh, with the launch, the relaunch of uh, NetSquared, I mean, the the whole sort of mission for NetSquared, I I can't even imagine like uh, maybe like TechSoup or something where it's really focused around nonprofits. What do you see bringing to the table as a result of the relaunch? Yeah, so um, I'm glad you brought up TechSoup. TechSoup is ultimately the umbrella uh, company that started NetSquared. It's mm-hmm. a, a national organization. And, and really, it's aligned around tech for good. And um, so basically, um, it just really seems like a great opportunity. I've always had this vision that we would have some kind of like um, technology SWAT team that would get together and do maybe what I refer to as uh, random acts of technology, right? Mm-hmm. So I've always wanted to kind of adopt a nonprofit and sort of help them do a digital transformation project, something small but tangible that basically is able to give like an example of what, because a lot of times what happens is we're having conversations about what technology can do, but it doesn't necessarily align to a specific business outcome that a nonprofit might have. And so a lot of stuff gets lost in translation. So um, we've always, I've always kind of had this vision that we'll get to this point where we can sort of actually, instead of, uh, talk and tell that we typically do in technology is we'll do some show and tell and get some folks involved. So uh, that's my goal, and that's what I'm hoping to bring. So you have a couple of events coming up, uh, um, I guess, in the next uh, couple of months. I mean, so what's what's the first one that you, you're you going to be launching, uh, like, in March? So in March, we're just going to do a, a webinar. It's going to be a virtual event, and mm-hmm. based on current events, it seemed appropriate that it be a virtual event and not an in-person meeting. And um, really, um, we just had some content that we're doing as far as um, – using, you know, working remotely using Microsoft Teams. And so um, we're going to basically put that together as a webinar next Friday, uh, March 20th. And um, folks can find some more information on the meetup.com website if they go to the NetSquared Hawaii. And then what do you have uh, in mind for future dates? So the official launch is going to be April. I will I'm not going to say the date because I just blanked. Um, but it's I think be, it was April 25th. I was going to say, I hope it's <laughs> April 25th. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be an in-person event at the Salt Lake Library. Um, that's going to be uh, the primary speaker for that right now is Rhino Zawa, mm-hmm. and it's going to be on social media for nonprofits. Oh, great. Okay, so if anybody wants to find out more information about uh, joining the meetup and, and taking part in, in the, you know, this great resource, where, where can they go? Uh, it's meetup.com, and then it's uh, forward slash net squared dash Hawaii. Okay, very good. I'll put that up on our show notes for later on. Thanks, Derek, for joining us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And, of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Eddie Antai from Data House and Brendan Morioka from the UH College of Engineering. And we'll talk about the true initiative. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Pacific Database, Chaminade University, and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Hi, my name is Kip Wilborn. I'm Executive Artistic Director at Manoa Valley Theater. MVT has been a proud underwriter and partner with Hawaii Public Radio for many years. HPR is an essential part of the relationship we have with our audience. As MVT begins its second half century, we look forward to the next 50 years partnering with HPR. Hawaii Public Radio Underwriting. Your message heard here. Learn more at hawaiipublicradio.org. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now I would like to welcome Eddie Ontai and Brendan Morioka from uh, well, to the show, and of course, Eddie is the president of Data House, and Brennan is the dean of the College of Engineering over at UH Manoa, and I want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. Aloha, Bert. Glad to be here. Uh, thanks for having us. 
Now, I, you know, we, we had uh, earlier in the year a uh, discussion at a kind of a high level of what the, the, the true initiative is. And it, it, it sort of came out of um, 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 Paul Yonamine and, and, uh, and it sort of wrapped up into the, the, the change framework. But, but Eddie, maybe you can kind of refresh our memory as to what, what, is, what is the true initiative all about? Yeah, sure. So true um, is really a, a, a true pro- uh, true private-public sector initiative that a lot of the leaders, community leaders, have come together, um, and they, they really want to embrace this whole concept that uh, technology innovation is something that's that's going to be able to lift our or, or move our community and our business and pub, uh, government sectors in the right place to mm-hmm. be more competitive in the global marketplace. Um, you know, we've talked about diversification uh, for decades, um, and we've seen different aspects of it, you know, throughout the years. But I think this is going to be really meant to um, to move the needle a little bit further. And now, now, true stands for technology readiness user evaluation. I mean, I think it's a, a nice <laughs> use of the word true. Uh, and what I was kind of uh, very curious about, and at a high level, I think it it, it sounds great that. Uh, you know, are there ways that that companies through partnerships can leverage some of this technology to not only advance the uh, employee base, uh, but how do you you know how do how do we now kind of shift uh, the the trajectory of Hawaii's uh, economy? But I mean, in terms of um, so at a high level, I mean, it's 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 a great concept. Now, from a tactical level, I mean, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to get into what are some of the actual projects that are, are being undertaken. And, and maybe, uh, Brennan, you can sort of tell us a little bit about how the, the School of Engineering or the College of Engineering has kind of gotten involved with the, with the TRUE initiative. Sure. No, I mean, you know, and, uh, the, the conversation uh, when Christine, Ma- uh, Christine Sakura mm-hmm. from uh, Transform, Transform Hawaii. Hawaii government and Eddie uh, approached us, and I had just started in my position as dean of the college in last April, mm-hmm. so it's not quite a year yet that I've been here. And some of the initial conversation was about, okay, so how can, and I, I'm, I'm a private sector guy, or public sector, public and private sector. I'm not an academic, so this is my first gig in, in academia. Mm-hmm. And so my entire career has been in industry, and so my perspective has really been coming from an in, in industry or owner's perspective and how can we integrate the owners or our private sector, public sector into our curriculum at, at the University of Hawaii Manoa. And so when Christine and Eddie approached us saying, hey, we got this project, you know, we want to offer a problem that maybe your students can help us solve, you know, that was very much in our wheelhouse that we were kind of looking at where we want to take some of our curriculum you know, you still need all the the book and classroom stuff, but you know, how do we get some of our students a little bit more hands-on, team-based, project-based kind of experience so that they can actually see how they apply what they learn to an actual problem? And you know, technology is an everyday tool that our engineering students have to use because that's that's where we are in terms of our industry and our profession. Uh, so. When they approached us with a problem that the Department of Agriculture had in trying to develop a app for their quarantine customers, you know, those who are coming into Hawaii, have pets coming through quarantine, how do they communicate better, provide information? And so uh, an app was one of the solutions that 
uh, the State Department of Agriculture was looking at, and they said, hey, can we develop a course that maybe your students can help us develop the app for the State Department of Ag? And that's where the conversation kind of kind of really began, and it you know evolved over a few months, and we're kind of here where we are this semester where our students are actually developing uh, the app for the Department of Ag in conjunction with a lot of Eddie and, and, and his folks from his staff meeting down at the uh, entrepreneur sandbox mm-hmm, and elsewhere, mm-hmm. so it's been it's been a very exciting process for us. So Eddie, you know, in, in terms of uh, um, identifying the problem and and bringing the resources to bear on that problem, I mean, it it sort of sort of sounds a lot like what we might do at a at a hackathon or like with the mm-hmm. Hawaii Annual Code Challenge, which you know, again, that that sort of spans over you know a shorter period of time, only in like maybe three or four weeks. Uh, how did how did you start to conceptualize how this would take place from a from a course perspective as well as a student perspective? Because are there uh, are the um, participants in this class? Are they how many are there? Are they separate teams? How are the teams approaching the problem? Are they doing it differently? How do you envision? Or maybe you know maybe that's part of what the uh, the professor who's leading the charge on this project, how do you start to get the students to think about solving solutions without necessarily just jumping to, you know, let's build an app? Right. Yeah, so let me just uh, start by, again, going back to the whole true concept. Mm-hmm. And the premise of this, and we talked about the high level, but really where the the sweet spot is, is they have a bias for action. They just want to start doing something, and you'll learn through the process, right? That's kind of that whole agile men- mentality. Um, and, you know, this community innovation mentorship program that uh, Brennan was talking about that we're involved with his students on, uh, it evolved by first a conversation that our staff at Data House had. And as a part of this committee that they belong to, it's called the, a community services committee. And mm-hmm. a lot of private organizations have them. They look for opportunities where they can give back to the community, whether it be uh, Beach Clean or you know, the charity walk, and, and we do a lot of those things. Um, but our staff this past year, they said, you know, let's do something different. Uh, we're an IT consulting company. We have a lot of skills and expertise. Why don't we leverage that to give back to the community? So they brought that to my attention. I said, you know, that's a great idea. Um, we've done that in the past. I think it was a, a bone marrow drive where we um, knew someone that needed uh, had a need, and so we built a website and a database, and we were able to reach out to a lot of folks mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. to uh, build up that donor base. Um, so I said, yeah, let's do that again. Um, so we so we ventured down that path and thinking, okay, how do we leverage our people, our IP, our methodologies to attack that problem? Uh, the other thing that that we've been doing for many years, and, and most businesses do this, is we have a, a summer internship program with the students. And so we thought about, well, why don't we combine that with this problem set mm-hmm. that we want to be able to contribute our talent and expertise on. Um, and then we also been talking with Transform Hawaii Government. That's Christine Sakuda. So her mission as a nonprofit is how do we leverage technology and innovation to uh, move our, our, our state government forward into the 21st century? So having conversations with her, that garners the idea of, hey, look, let's, why don't we try to put these pieces together to see if we can solve a real-world problem with one of the state agencies. And, oh, by the way, Data House, we have a lot of clients in the state. Why don't we pick um, an a, a innovative leader, and that was end up being Dr. Maeda mm-hmm. at the Animal Quarantine, that would be more than willing to 
risk doing something uh, for the sake of trying to improve their stakeholders, which are the pet owners and the state of Hawaii. Um, so getting all of these conversations together, talking with Brennan, talking with Dr. Maeda, talking with even our own staff, and coming up with the idea. I mean, we didn't know what that solution or how this was going to evolve until we started having those conversations. And I think that talks to the essence of truth, is you got to have a bias for action. You, it, it does take collaboration. It definitely has a community mindset mm-hmm. of bringing the people together. And if you put all that together in a very disciplined and intentional way, you're going to end up with something nice. And that's where we are today. We're in the midst of this this program, the first year, and we wanted to do it small. So it was leveraging relationships that we already had because we had trust in each other and we all had a common goal and vision of wanting to improve our community as well as our next generation of students to educate and mentor them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now, Brennan, uh, as the dean, uh, did was there a professor that's kind of uh, involved that, that helps to guide the students and perhaps... Uh, you know, I don't know. How, again, maybe you can tell me how many students are are in the class, and and how are they structured in a way that you know they're working as a team to to maybe find a solution. Right. Well, so it's a it's a small class. Mm-hmm. I think it's about seven, seven to kids. eight okay, kids. Okay. So students. They, they all basically constitute one team. Then. Yeah, and and so they are, and they're all juniors, mm-hmm. so, or they're taking a junior level course. Uh, Dr. Galen Sasaki, mm-hmm. who is in our uh, electrical engineering or computer engineering. Uh, department, and he is the one overseeing the course. Uh, but, you know, and Eddie kind of touched upon the point that I think is the most important for us, at least, in terms of this relationship is the mentorship, because we have we have so many great and brilliant faculty teaching our students, uh, but they don't go through the same kind of grind that the private sector or public sector do on a daily basis. And so just even having that slightly different perception or, or lens that they're looking through or, or attacking a problem is very, very beneficial to our students because they're, they're, they're learning things from our faculty, but they're learning other kinds of applications or meanings from a very different pool of stakeholders, and that's the private sector. So the mentorship part of this relationship is really one of the most important parts, in my mind at least, that is going to enhance their educational experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, when you when you talk about mentorship, I mean, what who's providing that mentorship? Is it is it uh, Professor Sasaki, or is it uh, the actual well, uh, animal quarantine folks? Dr. Or? Sasaki definitely provides oversight and guidance of the course and, and some of the technical aspects, but Really, our students are engaging with data house employees mm-hmm. as well as State Department of Agriculture employees. So it, there's very much interpersonal uh, interaction that is going on, and that's, I think, where the value comes in. Have you, have you uh, Eddie, have you tracked the progress of the project? I think it's been, what, maybe a couple of months? Uh, it's been a little over, over a month, almost mm-hmm. a couple months. Um, yeah, so it's, it's great to actually see this, and it's very transparent. So the the students um, provide a status report of all the activity that they've done in the past week and what they're anticipating to do in the, in the, in the following week. And all the stakeholders are, are included in, in the communications, including Brennan, including Christine, including the animal quarantine folks, so all the stakeholders involved, uh, as well as some of the true uh, members like Michelle Chung. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. 
Now, if uh, if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Eddie Ontai from Data House and Brennan Morioka from the UH uh, College of Engineering. And we're talking about the True Initiative and specifically about a project that's taking place with the animal quarantine. And of course, uh, I, I'm kind of curious, what problem are they trying to solve with animal quarantine? And how was that problem arrived at? Yeah, so animal quarantine has been a, a, a client of Data House for several years now. And like most uh, uh, projects that Data House gets involved in, we're asked to um, you know, implement a solution. And mm-hmm. it's usually a technology solution, So, which, which we did. But we maintained the relationship with them because you know, we were able to really understand their, 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 their business, their stakeholders. Um, but the problem that they still face was really the pet owners, um, as a scenario, coming in to the airport. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like most pet owners, they have a relationship with their animal, whether it be a cat or dog. Um, and they have to put them on the plane, you know, trusting that the airlines and the airport personnel are going to take care of their loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they get off the plane, it's trying to navigate through the myriad of all of the corridors and and locations within the airport to find their pet, ultimately. So you bring up a good point. I mean, typically when you get off the plane, you go to the, the, the turnstiles to get your luggage. <laughs> it's yeah. probably not the same experience when you want to pick up your pet. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's pretty challenging just to get your luggage. You can multiply that by 10 times to find your pet. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the pain that a pet owner has to mm-hmm. go through. So... It was being able to solve that problem and allowing the students to actually go through the process of first empathizing with the pet owner and actually experiencing. So we took them on a, what we call a safari hunt, mm-hmm. and that's actually getting into the customer's shoes and walking through that whole journey and feeling what that what that customer is feeling. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Brendan, have you started to see any uh, solutions starting to arise and and maybe maybe uh, what what technology platforms may be best appropriate I guess for coming up with a solution well I'll let Eddie talk about the technology side because that's more in his his area of expertise um, but you know I mean the like Eddie said the students do provide us with a weekly update mm-hmm. and it's I mean it's very detailed um, it, it gives us a lot of information of where they are what they've done what some of the next steps are. And so right now, they're very much on track to finish before the end of the semester, which is what is going to be required because it, they are getting a this grade a for class. this. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, so, so there's a, there is a deadline. It's something that, you know, students need to learn once they get into the real world that, that once you get a contract, you have a project to do, you have certain de- deadlines, milestones to hit. Otherwise, you might not get a job after that. <laughs> so this, kind of, this whole experience of, of identifying a problem even though in this case the problem was identified for them, mm-hmm. uh, but going through the whole uh, project and solution identification mm-hmm. and and like Eddie said, empathizing with the customer was very important for them. I, and I think that is what they're going to take away uh, is the overall so- solution towards a problem and not just you know what they learn in a book or what they can do on a computer, but mm-hmm. it's the overall process. And I think that's what they're learning the most about. Yeah. Eddie, I mean, is there is there any um, uh, specific uh, technologies that seem to be most utilized in in the solution that seems to be arising? Yeah, I mean, it's it's your typical uh, front end type technologies mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. Java and uh, Angular, you know, using some cloud, more cloud technologies. Um, 
But it's also combining, you know, with being that this is an electrical engineering class, we're also combining the hardware components because mm-hmm. there is a mm-hmm. monitor, display, hookup, connections, you know, hardware things that they have to connect and integrate with the software solution. Um, but I think the intangibles that they're getting out of this is also, like Brennan's saying, they have to provide weekly s- status updates. So it's a communication. It's organizing. It's being disciplined to state a task. Uh, there's also the aspect of just interacting with the customer with animal quarantine as well as the other stakeholders. So that's, I think, a, a real-world um, skill set that they got to learn, mm-hmm. right? And they're learning in a fairly safe environment. Now, you know, one of the challenges that we've faced with uh, the Hawaii Annual Code Challenge is uh, there's some great ideas that come out of the four-week uh, four exercise, but at the end of the four-week exercise, you often wonder, like, okay, so what's the future of that particular idea or prototype? And I'm sure you guys, you guys are thinking about, you know, the, the animal quarantine folks. They might be loving the work that's being done and loving some of the ideas that are coming out, but what do you see happening after the course is, is done? I mean, and, and the kids move on. They go to the, now they're the senior year. Uh, what do you envision to be the continuity from that point on? Yeah, that's a great question, and I think that's one of the unique things about this this program is from the very onset, the goal was to start and finish an actual solution that animal, quarant- animal quarantine could actually implement as part of their operations. So mm-hmm. it is it is an end-to-end solution that is going to get operationalized. And is that, uh, I mean, is that something that they have to now, like, uh, acquire, purchase? I mean, how does that get embraced into the That's all part of the project. So even as part of the learning is they're writing a grant proposal to get funding for some of the hardware and software mm-hmm. as part of the solution. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, in terms of, um, I think you described this uh, earlier, I mean, this is an experiment. It's kind of a prototype. It's kind of a model that could perhaps be, be developed and, and grown. What do you see I don't want to jump too far ahead, but you know, what do you see as being the the next phase of it? I mean, if you want to expand upon this concept of you know the true and and taking it to another level. Well, for uh, for the College of Engineering, I mean, I I'd, I'd like to see this kind of relationship and integration of the industry sector mm-hmm. into our curriculum uh, because this is the kind of experience that our students get nowhere else. And you know, and one of the to to your previous point, one of the big selling points to our students and and to our faculty who have gotten involved is that the students are actually going to see this product being utilized from day one. Once they're done, that the State Department of Ag, if they choose, can be it can be their tool that they will actually utilize for all of their animal quarantine customers. And so that is a very attractive. Uh, concept for a student because for us as engineers out in the real world, you know, we, we design things, we build things, we construct things, and we can actually see it being utilized by the general public. But students don't see that, so they don't always necessarily put two and two together. What they're learning is actually going to be applicable for my entire career, and I'm going to benefit the state of Hawaii. Well, this is one of their opportunities at a very early age and a very early part of their educational experience. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, you know, I don't want to put the I don't want to put words in uh, uh, Christine's uh, uh, mouth, but uh, I think government is 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 uh, uh, a great place to apply some of these principles. Absolutely, and and maybe perhaps come up with some efficient ways of of delivery. Uh, do you see it maybe embracing some of that uh, government uh, interaction for problem solving? Well, I th- I, th- I think this is a prime example of how we can utilize the private sector, public sector, and academia 
to really kind of, you know, look at and, and attack different problems in different forms of ways and in a much cheaper way because, I mean, this is – we're developing an app that Department of Ag would probably have had to pay for uh, by using students to, to, to do it in the, with the assistance of the private sector. Where can, uh, where can people find out more information or kind of keep track of what's happening with True or maybe even with the College of Engineering? Well, I'll, I'll plug the College of Engineering. So if people want more information about the College of Engineering at UH Manoa, they can go to uh, eng.hawaii.edu and get as much information. If you're a pr- prospective student, possible ha- uh, potential employer of some of our graduates, you know, go to our webpage. Lots, very, a lot of information. Very good. And I'll, I'll put up the uh, true website on the show notes for later on tonight. Eddie Antai is the president of Data House, and Brennan Morioka is the dean of the College of Engineering over at UH Manoa. I want to thank you both for joining us today. Mahalo. Thanks a lot. Had fun. And, of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk about a local startup called Turnover BNB. If you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome, and we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Surprise.